Can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. A lot of people have said there are people now dying of the swine flu who are in good health. By whose standards? Hospitals serve jello. Robert Scott Bell. Food advertising. You know the people. Fresh, natural, hearty, old-fashioned, homemade goodness in a can. <laughs> Robert Scott Robert Bell. Scott Bell. Dr. Agus argues that the fountain of youth is attainable if everyone were to take statin drugs. Excuse me? It sounds completely, completely insane. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty Robert Scott Bell. All right, welcome back. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show, cranking up another broadcast week. Healing from the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. And each time this happens, this happened 13 times. I wasn't, I haven't been at all 13, but there are always new folks that show up to just warm my heart, make me smile. Uh, This day, we're going to be introducing you to sitting next to me. For those of you watching this show, not live or later, uh, it's Jennifer Sharp, a filmmaker from Los Angeles. She was featured at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress for a new documentary film about vaccine injury that's not supposed to exist in L.A. Doesn't happen in L.A., right? Everywhere else, maybe. No, not even. And the film is called Anecdotals. Yes. Anecdotals. And uh, I've never met Jennifer before this weekend, but I was immediately drawn to her. She's got a great heart. She's put together a terrific film and one that, as we talked before we witnessed this film, and I hope everybody gets to see it. We'll tell you how after, after or sometime during the interview. Um, how many of you have lost friends or family or loved ones? I don't mean in life and death. I mean, they're alive and they've just said, I don't like your politics. I don't like your view on the vaccine or mass on and on. There's been such horrific division in the past two and a half COVID crazy years that I, I believe there are people on all sides of the political spectrum that are finding a way to come together. At the same time, we're seeing, well, there are some that are dividing even further up. And, uh, well, Jennifer Sharp is very aware of that living in Los Angeles, having seen some things during the COVID issues and the vaccine stuff that maybe has even caused you to change your worldview. So with that, I set it up as best I could, (laughs) Jennifer. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. It's really cool to meet you. And you've met a lot of great people. I think you were very well received as well. Yes. Yes. I was very nervous. So it's a a vaccine injury film. Mm -hmm. And I should just say anecdotals. Uh, I should know the logline, but it's basically uh, the nu- a nuanced look at the vaccine debate. Yeah. Um, and I say, like, those with severe injuries get caught in the middle of mm-hmm. this debate. And so it's about that. So I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to talk about it. I knew I was talking to a lot of people who already understood mm-hmm. the, the you know, what's going on with vaccines and stuff. So it was very interesting to present my film to you guys yeah. who, who know. And I got the seal of approval. Yeah. No, it was, as I said, it was a, a well done and heartfelt. I mean, it's hard to watch some of the stories and, and, you know, I find it interesting too, because, um, what we're doing where I am is a documentary, not, not first person like you were, I'm, I'm an interviewer in that more Mm -hmm. of a standard documentary. And I've interviewed many of the people, uh, including Brianne, who was in your film about her injury. And what was interesting about her experience uniquely is that she, you know, her history and politics is hardcore left side of the fence, very democratic and completely bought into the vaccines all the way in and was doing it because it was the right thing to do for Mm -hmm. her. 
and she wanted to help end the pandemic. All of the, the, the slogans that were told, we were told by the Fauci's, the world, et cetera. And then she found out a harsh reality as she got injured from this jab and then telling her story was such that many of her former friends and family, or they weren't former at the time, they were part of her tribe, whether you consider political tribe, suddenly did not like what she was saying yeah, and, and and distanced themselves mm-hmm. from her. And what was her crime? She did what she thought was right, what everybody said to do. And then she was injured and she shared her story about being injured. And suddenly now she's. Yeah. And, and you're told not to talk about it. Like I was told by the people, by people I know that I'm irresponsible and ethically wrong if I share my story because it could sway people to not get vaccinated. And so I could cause people to die. Right. So I shouldn't tell my story. And then they were like, your story, and they were like, your story is just anecdotal. So that's how I got the name of the movie. Cause it's like, I'm being told left and right. Oh, it's just anecdotal. It's just anecdotal. Doesn't that feel like it diminishes your experience? Yeah. Though? It's like, I, I thought about it. And I'm like, if you got any other sickness, even yeah. if it was the rarest cancer that nobody ever gets yeah. and you told somebody their first thing wouldn't be like, oh, well that's a rare cancer. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. How are you feeling? Yeah. Or what was human they'd ask you? Response would be compassion, yeah. would it not? No. Nope. And in this case, don't tell your story because you could muck up whatever that we think has to happen. And I think it's so dehumanizing and, and, and lacking in compassion. And, you know, this to me, just you, you guys and gals know me for a long time. If you're new to the show, it's like, I don't care whether you claim to be a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or Independent. If you don't have compassion for your fellow man, woman, yes. I mean, there's something that's your heart has gotten hardened. I don't know what happened, what did it. But there's something that you need to self-reflect on and maybe your film, and I pray that it does, can cause some of those hardened hearts to soften because that's the idea of what, what we are doing with another documentary as well and interviewing these people from all backgrounds. And it's not politically oriented. Right. It's really just trying to share the human reality of face of suffering of people that just did what they thought was the right thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we did. And it, and it doesn't have to become political, but we found that we're getting reactions from Republicans or right or whatever this way and mm-hmm. left this way. And it's just so weird because you didn't think so. But like you were saying, Brie was losing friends. I've lost friends and I've lost respect for people and, you know, just people not even caring or questioning. It's just been really hard. So that as an artist, because I'm a filmmaker, I was like, I have to not only do I have to tell my story, mm-hmm. I needed to. I was going crazy. Like I was going crazy wanting to talk about things. And most of the people in my life wouldn't talk to me about it. They would listen like some, but they wouldn't ask questions. Mm. So I was more lecturing. Yeah. You know, so I'd be like, well, this and this, and they just listen. The lack of curiosity is also something unusual. It's like, if if you're telling me something happened to you, I'm interested to say, oh, well, please tell me more more. or something more about it that sticks out. And they're like, you can tell they don't want to know more. Exactly. What happened to our friendship or friend, you know, what is it about this that causes you to shut down and like even diminish my experience and tell me it's wrong for me to communicate it or it's wrong for me to have the experience. I mean, what did I really do? What's my crime? Yeah. I think that's kind of your experience. Exactly. And, and, you know, and it's like, that's the thing is like even losing friends, it's like not even a conscious loss of friend, but when you're talking to somebody about something that's important and they just can't handle the conversation and you can tell they're just bearing through it. Mm. So you have to be like, okay, well, let me just, and part of it is my reaction, but part of it is also that I was shut out of society. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of friends who were pro-mandate. And I'm like, do you realize that I'm not allowed in movie theaters and I'm not allowed to live like a normal human and everybody's rooting for it? And like, can't you at least show, so there's something wrong. So even if you think think people should get vaccinated and all mm-hmm. that stuff, here's somebody in front of you who got vaccinated, who is outside of society. So there's something wrong with the mandates There's something. And so I would want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. 
and they wouldn't, and they'd let me talk, but they'd never really participate in a discussion. Sure. What about this, uh, you know, this concept of normalizing, ostracizing people who are different than you? Yeah. I, I think about that and you've got more, a little bit more pigment than me. Yes. There was a time in a our little. history in America where it was, uh, you know, standard practice to ostracize people because of the pigment, for instance. And I'm not saying that nobody still has, you know, racial tinged views that are horrible, but for the most part, we've gone through a lot and come out of the other side. And I think we're all better for it. Uh, yet at this point in time, I've heard statistics related to the vaccine or jab uptake among the population that has more pigment than me. However, you describe yourself, mm-hmm. African-American, black, whatever. I, yeah. I try not to get hung up on the labels. But of a, in some places, 70 percent of the folks were not getting the jab. It's like suddenly now they're subject to the similar discrimination for yes. a different reason that you're not welcome here. I mean, I was thinking water fountain issues. We saw discrimination happening in, in Israel against people who were not. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. people, the Jewish people, you want to talk about discrimination to extermination. Not long ago, did they forget? Did we forget? Yeah. Well, okay. So this is a little, this is really kind of crazy too. Uh, actually, one of my producers in the movie mm-hmm. um, who helped make it and was really passionate did not have a vaccine injury. But he's a Jewish man who owns a restaurant in New York City, in Brooklyn. And when the mandates came, he said, "My, I grew up hearing stories about my grandfather in concentration camps and being having to have paper. His grandfather was in one. And he's heard stories in the paper. And he said, as a Jewish man, I cannot ask people for papers to come into my restaurant. There it is. Yeah. He put up a whole... Um, he put up a whole fight, not fight, but he was like, I won't. And he made his staff, but he was also a very liberal, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, New York um, yeah. And people weren't going on board, so his staff started reporting him and talking bad about him, and it became this whole thing. And then he he made the mistake of talking about, and he didn't even say the holiday. He never talked right. about the holiday. He talked about being Jewish, but something I didn't know was that like 10 years before the Holocaust, Jewish people weren't allowed in restaurants at certain times because it was a public health issue because they had lice yes. and they were going to give the plague or I don't whatever, yeah. the, whatever the disease was, whether they had it or whether well, the propaganda yeah. said they had it. Right. And right. that was yeah. not the Holocaust, but yeah. it was what set the it lead up. up. The lead it was, up I didn't it, even yeah. like 10 year public health issue. And yeah. so he brought that up and suddenly he's anti some he's anti-Semite. Um, the, he, he got kicked out of his restaurant. Basically he's owned three restaurants in New around New York and yeah. a lot. And he had to back down and he's, mm-hmm. he's lost his businesses. The New York times did a write up on him and, and basically painted him as an anti-Semite. Semite. Do you think he'd be willing to come on this show and talk he, about it? I think he would. And he's, I think he would. I he's would like, interview him in a so, second. Yeah. He's yeah. just really, he would. And he's, but the thing is what the New York times never noted in the whole article is that he's Jewish. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, you know how they smear you with names that people don't look deeper than, oh, look, he's been called that. So yeah. he must be now ostracized as well. And it's like repeating history. And kudos to that man. What's his name? His name is his name is Josh. Josh. Stileman. All right. Yeah. Josh. God yeah. bless you, Josh, yeah. for remembering what all Jews, all humans should yeah. remember about how it happened. Not just the event itself that everybody is taught to remember, but how it got there because it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And the starting point was, yes. Talk, dehumanize a certain segment of the population. Tell them they're the, they're responsible for all that ails us and foment anger and hatred, distrust and fear. And that I've talked about that here. I actually made uh, the World Jewish Press years ago when I called out John Stewart from The Daily Show. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. And he was uh, complaining about the the Marin Jewish housewives, right, of Marin County, uh, because they had a higher incidence or, or, or rate of non-compliance with vaccine mandates for their kids oh, or really? vaccine uptake. They're like. Oh, and he was going after them. And I and I, I said to John Stewart, it's like, I know the history 
of what led up to the Holocaust. And I called them out. I said, you are utilizing Nazi-like tactics yes. in dehumanizing a group of people because you don't just, you don't agree with how they're raising their children. And boy, the Jewish press, they got wind of that. And they said, uh, Jewish talk show host accuses uh, 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 John Stewart of being a Nazi. I'm like, I did not call him a Nazi. I just was bringing up the historical example of how you dehumanize people you disagree with and call them, you know, names and where that leads. And this was long before what we've witnessed in COVID. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're here with a first time guest, Jennifer Sharp, filmmaker, extraordinary new movie called Anecdotals. We'll also talk about a movie you can watch on um, Amazon Prime that's a comedy for thinking people. And I know y'all are. We're going to be back here on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this, robertscottbell.com. In the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show all right links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com including to jennifer sharp her film anecdotals and uh we're going to get more into this film i just love the backstory of what we're sharing here for me this is heartwarming to be able to talk about this and and you're all welcome li listening right now on radio or watching this at robertscottbell.com to see how conversations happen, how you engage intellectually and, and, and share and learn from each other in this case. Now, the film Anecdotals, which we briefly talked about, is it available online yet anywhere? How can people see it or do they... I know that yeah. there's some discussion about yes. this at the, at the uh, filming, if you or at the, what do you call it, the viewing, the, yeah. the debut uh, or premiere. It was yeah. amazing of how next people can see this film. So, yes, hopefully you will be able to see it very soon. When okay. I decided to make it, I was like, I know it's timely. It has to come out now. But I have spent so much time just making the movie that I, I'm like, it's not ready now. But there is a website, anecdotalsmovie.com. Okay. And anecdotalsmovie.com. And please, you can put your name on a mailing list. You there can you sign up for You can sign up for um, screenings as our mailing list. Yeah. Just put your name down and we'll have it. There's also an email. Mm -hmm. And it will be out at some point soon, but I'm trying to figure out the best way. One of the reasons is because what we're talking about, I, this is a film that's not political. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure it, it comes out the right way because it could be used for a lot for ammunition mm -hmm. for the political fight. And I don't want to, but I also want it to be real. So I, I'm trying to analyze the best way. It's hard because we yeah. can't control ultimately how people review it, view it, see it and share it. Uh, but I agree. I mean, our goal here is not to divide further. Yes. It's like, look, this is, these are human experiences. This is human suffering. Uh, there are things that have gone awry and I'll acknowledge in both parties. So it's not about, uh, you know, one party is better than the other right now. We can see the trend, unfortunately, in, in the body politic, you know, mandates and prohibitions. That used to be something I'll acknowledge I saw on the political right more. Censorship mm -hmm. was gone. Now it's kind of flipped completely. Like we're like, what world are we living in? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have grown up a lot of your uh, filmmaking career in a, in a very left of center kind of body politic in Hollywood and, and movie making. Creative center, it tends to gravitate that way. But there was a time when it was about bodily autonomy yeah. you know and you know when they said my body my choice i know what they they mean today but it used to be government stay mm -hmm. out yeah question things question and question authority question right authority, question, yeah. i remember that bumper sticker yeah, yeah. and then that suddenly we saw a glaring distinction and difference and for those of you and sometimes i'll get this you got you they'll say robert you're, you're really hard on the democrats and the left it's like well there was a time in my younger years when i where i was 
politically and and my view of the world and and I and it, because I felt like censorship was wrong, for instance, mm-hmm. and now I see them that history. Those those are the people calling for censorship, and I expect more. So in that sense, yeah, I'm guilty of that. But right now, if people on the right were doing what's happened on the left, I would be calling them out the same way. And I just so you know, that's the apolitical yet political yeah. side we have to acknowledge. But your film, again, it's not designed to divide. It's right. designed to bring the human element back and compassion back, hopefully, to, as I say, soften the hearts of people who have been hardened. Yeah. And I say at the beginning yeah. of the film, my goal with this film is not to come together and find answers and agree on the answers. The goal is to come together and agree on the questions. Mm-hmm. So it's all about asking questions like, hey, why is this happening? Or what is this? Or what if these people aren't lying? What if they are lying? It's all questions. We don't have answers. And that's the problem with this whole COVID mm-hmm. time is that everybody has answers. And this is the answer. And this is the answer. And this is, yeah. so let's stop having answers and let's start agreeing to have questions. Mm-hmm. And, that's what and, it is. and so some of the questions that are asked, you know, is this safe and effective? You know, that's something that we've been propagandized into believe. It's sort of like we drone safe and effective safe. And it's like, what does that, what does that actually mean? How do you define it? I wanted to put a part in the movie Uh where I just did one of those hypnotizing swirly things (laughs) and just do the heads going safe and effective. effective." (laughs) You're like, was that a little too strong? Maybe come across. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't go that far, but it was just so weird because as I was researching, there was just so much safe and effective. I was Mm -hmm. like, so obvious that it's propaganda talking point too, that it's just like, it starts to not mean anything. Mm -hmm. Well, Jennifer Sharp, my guest here on the Robert Chabell Bell Show and anecdotalsmovie.com. I promise you, I'm going to tell you about the other film that's on Netflix and, and going back further, a film I had heard about. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, you know, this is, she's got quite a history as a filmmaker. I'm so impressed. I'm so excited to see uh, her films as well. You, you, will, you may be too. Uh, so when we come back from this break, we'll talk more about her journey as well here at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress and her interaction with people that what a diverse group of belief systems that are even here, even though we've come together for health freedom, doesn't mean everybody believes the same thing here either. How did we all get along? Did we? Was it a fisticuffs the entire <laughs> weekend? We'll find out. Stay tuned. Film at 11? No. We'll be back after this brief break. Go to robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter by texting RSB to 22828, RSB to 22828, or just come on over to robertscottbell.com. Sign up and be plugged in and empowered because you know, you know where that power to heal comes from. Not from me, but we'll remind you in a moment. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right, not every day I get a real honest-to-goodness Los Angeles-based filmmaker on the Robert Scott Bell Show. She's so talented. She's a bright light. She's got a great heart. I just met her this weekend, and we've been having a great time together. And I've been observing her interacting with the folks at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress, going through the different ways that this is done. And again, what I've found in you is great sincerity, great heart, great intellect, and, and the willingness and the desire even to talk about what we believe, what are our truths. And even if they're different to not condemn people for that, but to embrace, you know, and one of the things I said at the end of the conference, when we were all getting together, uh, I I said about my story about the microbiome. This is a thing that that we've learned about that the microbiome is not about one bacteria or two or 10. It's about zillions of them and the biodiversity of it that makes it go. And in that microbiome without being interfered with externally, it has uh, innate desire and ability to get along <laughs> to, for the benefit of the host, you know, yeah. for life. 
supportive of life. And I said that in freedom, where do we find it? In the most decentralized areas where we're not being owned and controlled by others that think they, they know better about us, what we desire, our, our desire for freedom. And that when we are together uh, in that decentralized way, it is our, it's our natural inclination to find a way to get along because it's in our best interest to do so. Rather than, here's a story I've heard many times about you put black ants and red ants in a jar, close the jar. You've heard this? Yeah, but tell it again because, yeah, I love it. They don't do anything. They, they kind of hang out. They don't, they're just like, I don't yeah. know why we're in a jar, but nobody's doing anything bad. You shake that jar up. Now, suddenly they are viciously attacking one another. And I see that as an analogy to those that pretend to own and control or know more about us and tell us how to live. They shake us up to make us divide and hate and all the things we would not do normally, we do artificially. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of the experience I think that COVID is bringing up for everybody. Yeah. And and actually, this was like kind of my one of my impetuses as I started to see division happening. I would really see what was happening. I would question it. So I'm a black woman. Um, I have a white boyfriend. And and this is and so and and I'm definitely I, okay, whatever. So, mm-hmm. but so when COVID happened and Black Lives Matter and wait, I, is he going to be jealous of you hanging out with me? We're sitting like, close. No, only one white man around. <laughs> <laughs> teasing, teasing. Okay, I'm married and everything. We're, I love her. She's terrific. Go ahead. So when the Black Lives and he's and we are, he's a little right, mm-hmm. which with which bothered me when I started dating him. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was just like, okay, first of all, he's white. And second of all, he's right. As a black woman and the things that are important to me and mm-hmm. the things, sorry, I just hit my mic. Right. That was mm-hmm. that. Okay. But the things that are important to me and I need someone to understand, it's not yeah. that I don't want to be with the white guy, but it's like, you have to be able to understand. Anyway, all this psychological stuff, but yeah. he's a wonderful human. We ended up together. That's where life brought us. He's awesome. We enjoy each other, but mm-hmm. w- it's interesting because we have some differences. So when Black Lives Matter, when the um, George Floyd stuff happened, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have my typical, like I'm left and, you know, it's like the protests were mainly peaceful with some of this and that. And, yeah. and, but there was also time, right? So I looked at his phone and he shows me a, a white man being stomped to death mm. by a bunch of black guys at a protest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen that. That doesn't happen. And right. he goes, it's here on my phone. This is what he was. Now I looked at the video. turns out it was some, from someplace in Europe, mm-hmm. but it didn't say that. It made it look like it was sure. one of these U.S. protests. Yeah. But still, I'm like, I've never seen a bunch of black guys stomp a white guy. And then I'm like, well, of course, if you're seeing this, you're going to become, you're going to become like, oh, my God, you know, the black people are stomping and this and they're dangerous. Now, from my point of view, what I get fed on social media, mm-hmm. I don't get that. I get more of the peaceful protest. I get more right. of the. So that was when I started to ask. And then I have a stepbrother who's white, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is a cop in Ohio. Mm. So during those protests, I called him because I was was a hard time for policemen. I know. Because, right, they were just hated. And it was was the height of it all. So I called Steve and I was like, do you want to talk? Like, how are you doing? And so I talked to him and he told me that white, um, that cops are being like harassed. Yeah. And I was like, well, I haven't seen any of that. And he's like on his Facebook feed as a cop and the Mm. things that he likes, he's seeing cops being harassed. So we're all seeing different versions of this movement depending on what we click on and watch. And that was when I really started to realize how fed we are and how reactive Mm. we are, right? So the cops are seeing more and more cops being injured. White people who are afraid of black people are seeing more and more black people hurting white people. You know, uh, Mm. black people or people on the left who are peaceful or think it's good are seeing more and more this is peaceful. And I'm like, we are seeing different realities. And that was what led me to anecdotals. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 that, <laughs> you know what I mean? that is a powerful again, yeah. realization, realization and revelation for those that don't realize it, that 
we are being played. Yes. You're being played. They know the feeds. For instance, a lot of people get their news from social media and they subject the feeds in a certain way and they know the algorithms. They, If you're on social media, they know more about you than you know about yourself almost. I mean, that's how it's gotten with artificial intelligence. And because of that, they can actually change a worldview by exposing one segment of society to one view and not the other and vice versa. So we are on the same planet and we completely see this different planet you're like and it's artificially induced folks granted again all of us have a unique view through our own eyes and experiences and that's normal and natural but what we're we're seeing and what we've seen is not normal and natural maybe it's normal yeah. for the elite globalists that want to control us and and, and foment the hatred for mm-hmm. instance so what you're describing is uh, is a shock to some maybe even in this audience because yeah. you know they have a view that's this one and they're getting that feed yeah. but there's a little bit of nuance or a lot of nuance to every experience and yeah um there is truth to both of the things you're saying right and, and if you stay within the yeah. group of people who only agree with you yeah. then you're going to be like yeah yeah man they're, they're so you know you're going to be like oh man i'm not going to those protests you know those black people are out of control and they're and you're going to keep agreeing because did you see this did you see this mm-hmm. but you don't realize that there's a whole other side that doesn't agree with you but it's because we're fed the same thing as you on the opposite side and we feel just as like wow they're so this and so i ask again what happens when we come together outside of those feeds and start talking to one another and that's what i saw you doing in terms of your interaction because you understand clearly how important it is to break up the programming and the only way i believe ultimately i mean i i'm a prayerful godly kind of guy and Mm -hmm. i believe in in all of these spiritual things in my life that have helped me at the same time that's not denying that we must do more than pray mm-hmm. this away. Because if you pray it away or try to, and you do nothing, you don't interact with people. It's like, where's the experience? Where's the opportunity for God to work through you to heal the things that you say, I want to see healed? Because the getting together and the talking like you were, even the inquiring, and you even encounter people that were uncomfortable a little bit yeah. with going down that road. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, we're all very different here. So we're like, we need to come together in our differences. But I realized what I realized, there's two ways to come together in your difference. Like mm-hmm. one is let's not talk about our differences and let's yeah. find the commonality yeah. and let's only talk about the commonality. So let's mm-hmm. not bring up any other politics so that we don't disagree. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on the fact that we can agree on some things, which sounds like some beautiful, a beautiful but there, I think I'm from more the school of thought where I'm like, let's come together with our differences mm-hmm. and like, let's not be afraid to say, you believe in that. I believe in this. Hey, that's okay. Let me understand a little more why you mm-hmm. think that. And yeah. why don't you listen a little more to why I think this? And then we'll really get it like, oh, okay. And we don't have to agree, mm-hmm. but I respect you. So that's what's been interesting about this is that there are some people who are like, the support, you know, really celebrating this togetherness, but the togetherness is about yeah. only talking about one what thing, we agree with, what we agree on. No. And, and I, I do talk about the finding the common ground for all people in that sense or in, a, in any movement. And I think it's an important part of it. But what you bring up, I think, is an important part of what I perceive is appreciating also the differences. Yeah. That they don't have to be destructive in any way. Yeah. That we can appreciate. Just like I said, the, the biodiversity of the microbiome, it all adds up to an incredible life that you'd like. How did this even happen? Yeah. And, but it relies and depends on it. Now, I'm not talking about an artificial construct of biodiversity or diversity. That's like imposed upon you that doesn't respect your individuality and your mm-hmm. differences. It just wants to dominate and neutralize in a sense. And there's a so it's different. It's hard to get there in a sound bite or on a, a news feed or on the evening news where they want to foment it, but having conversations like this, you're like, Oh, yeah. of course, this is all, this is awesome. I love that. 
yeah. you got a different <laughs> worldview and experience and how you, I'm so curious about how you got right. here. And then, yeah. yeah. And then you really just start to love, really love each other and really not judge each other. And so to bring it all back to anecdotals, right. Mm -hmm. What's like, why did I make this movie? How did I make yeah. this movie? Well, because I'm, I really, and like I say the black, the George Floyd stuff, because that's when I really started to see how we were being affected and manipulated by social mm -hmm. media, all sides. And I really stopped hating the people on the right who were so angry because I started to, I mean, and who were, I felt racist. I don't know. And sure. as a black woman, like they, I just feel like they're, but then I realized, wait, they're just being fed this too. And if they were being fed this every day, I get it now. So then I started to be a little more open. And then when the vaccines came mm -hmm. and I saw the hatred multiply even more for different reasons, I'm like, wait, 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 we don't understand. We're being, we're being manipulated. Then I started to see people on the left become really insane about the vaccine and the mandates yeah. in the way that I always thought people on the right were. Right, yeah. And it's just my whole world. And then I was like, you know what, it's my responsibility as an artist mm -hmm. to try to open the minds of the people on the left a little mm -hmm. be, who can be opened yeah. because I'm able to see all these different things. And yeah. I hope I can do that with the movie. And then you ask the question, where do I fit in? I thought I had a tribe, a, a family, a group of friends. And now suddenly you, you're abandoned or you're hated or any number of weirdness is associated with what's gone on. And, you know, part of the movie is you saying, look, I did this. I was injured because you were talking about mm -hmm. your injury yes. as well. Uh, it's not as severe as some, but it's a very real thing that you've experienced. And that stimulated the way that you treated this movie. And from a per first person personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm talking about the one we're producing as well. It's just, it's not first person. That's I'm just the interviewer, right? That's how, but it's the same intent in that mm -hmm. we're trying to bridge the gap, trying to soften the hearts that have been hardened to say, Hey, these are real human beings and they have all kinds of backgrounds and views, but that's not what's important. What's important is that we want to care for them. They've done something, whether they were feel now they were coerced or deceived, whatever, but the fact is they're suffering. What can we do to help? But we got to ask the questions. How did it happen? Yep. What's really going on? Right. Who's yeah. helping you? Yeah. How are you getting through this? Mm -hmm. All this stuff, you know? So yeah. yeah, it's really hard. So you have to, you, know, you do have to ask those questions. Yeah. The movie is anecdotals, anecdotalsmovie.com. Uh, you can sign up for an email uh, update. So when it becomes available or maybe they're going to, you can coordinate screenings where you are. I think it's going to do a lot of good for people. I know we can't reach everybody. I don't have delusions of grandeur, but the good hearted folks out there are like, well, gosh, Jennifer, you know, you got that <laughs> heart of gold. I can, you know, see it this weekend. And I'm just enjoying connecting with you here and all that you're doing. I'd love to see everybody witness this movie and experience it and share it with the intent and purposes that you've, you've made it. Uh, when we come back from this break, one more segment this hour uh, with Jennifer Sharp, and uh, I want to tell you about some other movies that she's done. One, in fact, that you can watch right now on Amazon Prime, which I'm really excited about because they don't make smart comedies much anymore. And I admit, I can be juvenile. I'm a guy. I can laugh at silly stuff. Will Ferrell still makes me laugh. It's, just, it's not highbrow comedy. I get it. But I do like that as well. Uh, and we're going to talk about that film that you might appreciate. I have yes. a sense I, I will as well. So stand by. Lots more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com. Uh, Jennifer Sharp joins us for one last segment today on the first hour of the show. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Once again, links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can sign up for uh, the newsletter, uh, text RSP to 22828. 
Anecdotalsmovie.com is also one of the key things you can see in the notes today. Uh, sign up so that you can watch the movie I saw, and it is really terrific. Uh, it's not fun to watch people that have been injured, but I think it's an important part of our recovery of our humanity as well. And uh, Jennifer, I'm so appreciative of your, gosh, you, you're just candor in talking about the things. I just throw it out some questions. You're like not shying away from anything. I know that might get me in trouble one day, but. Oh, I, I totally know it will. It's got me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind that kind of trouble. I think it's a good kind of trouble. So in addition to this, going back to some of your history as a filmmaker, yeah. more recently, everybody, if for you're watching, there's a movie on uh, available on Prime Video, Una Great Movie. I'm holding that yeah. card up right now. Una Great Movie, which is, if it's hard to, to digest, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Una, a but great Una, movie. great yeah. movie. Because it was made in Mexico. It was made in Mexico. So, so I'm a filmmaker, and I've been in Hollywood, and it's I've had a dream to make this movie in Mexico for actually since 1999 when I set foot on this island, mm. and something moved me, and I was like, I felt it. I have to make a movie here. I moved to the island six months later. I lived there for or a year later. I lived there for six months. I wrote my first script. It's the year 2000. I left the island having written my first script. And I told everybody on the island, one day I will come back here and make a movie. Yeah. This was in the year 2000. Wow. I won't tell you how old I was. I was maybe like three. Okay. I th I'm thinking three. I was going to get <laughs> yeah. four maybe. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, so this yeah. movie manifested. How long ago was it filmed? So it was filmed in 2017. So in 2016, I realized I'd still been talking about it. Never did it. I was crazy. Okay. So, so I had before to do it the scandemic. Before. Okay. Exactly. That, yeah. So I shot it in 2017 2018 mm -hmm. in mexico mm -hmm. a little bit in los angeles and um but i couldn't get anybody to help me as in hollywood so i i wanted to do this so bad that mm -hmm. i decided i had made enough movies i was sick of the hollywood system i was sick of people telling me no i was sick of people who don't understand my story limiting me mm -hmm. so i took my life savings i called all my credit card companies and said how high can you raise me whoa i raised my limit up to a hundred thousand dollars i had twenty five thousand dollars life savings Holy started company. crowdfunding took all my money moved to mexico and i said i'm not coming back until i've either made this movie or i'm living on the streets wow that's commitment that's yeah. betting on you yeah right yeah so when yeah. you watch in a great movie you're watching a work of art from heart which you don't see movie so many movies are about money and uh, even if you don't like the movie even if it's like you're like know that this is art and this is some and every single thing in this movie is specific to me and was made for a reason and it's and i love this movie and it you just don't see movies with heart and it's you well, know and man comedy is hard it's yeah it's harder than drama yeah to actually make it work and yeah. funny but as you said it's it's uh intellectual mm -hmm. right it'll ask you to engage yep. it's not just a you you have to pay attention i had a distributor in hollywood who, who turned it down and he was like well i was watching it at work i had it on my running and i was doing work and i kept getting confused like i didn't know what was going on and i'm like yeah because you have to watch the movie because he's used to like getting dumb romantic comedies that oh, you don't you have to watch see like, it uh, but maybe a minute of yeah. you know, okay I got and then he's like yeah right. we'll get it our people will like it, it. but yeah. you, you have to watch this movie okay i mean but you don't it's not gonna kill you i mean it's, it's gonna no, be fun to watch good lord there's so much garbage on on prime video and you can watch this yeah. film i can't wait to get yeah. home i've already added it to my watch list when i get home for my wife and i to watch and it's safe for kids to it's watch. totally safe yeah. for kids because it's so cerebral. Yeah, it's, they may not. They might not go over it. their head. Yeah. Okay, but, but Una, great movie um, on Prime Video, and that will help the alg algorithms to get more people to watch it because they often, you know, these independent films may not make it up into that big screen kind of yes. scenario. Uh, now, going back further, you mentioned a title that I'd heard of. I don't think I've seen the movie. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, in 2007, that was my first feature. So okay. I've been at this. Um, I made a film called "I'm Through with White Girls." Um, and, uh, it was, I was directed it. It did great festival circuit showtime. It was on Netflix when, back when it was a mailing. Yeah. And that is, I think on Amazon too, to buy, but mm -hmm. I don't 
get it's but it's 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 it, i'm proud of it it was like my first feature but it's kind of dated mm. like i would so it's interesting so if you really like my work and you want to like kind of follow like, is it is see, that a, a romantic sign up comedy or how would it's you it's a romantic it? comedy it is yeah I'm through with white girls yeah. now you didn't like the title what did you I, want to call I it i wanted to call it the inevitable undoing of jay brooks okay but that was too surreal they were like what is that yeah, right. like, we're would... gonna call it undo with white girls That'll then, catch yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. check it so. out. We've got a, a very talented filmmaker, Jennifer Sharp. She's only like 18, 19. I don't know how she's done yeah, all this. Yeah, I did all it all years. before. I was, yeah. One more thing, though. My yeah. YouTube channel, mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer Sharp Films YouTube. Okay. Um, you can watch some behind-the-scenes stuff of oh, cool. me making Una Great Movie in Mexico going. Like, wow. I, I documented myself. There, the episodes... So if you're interested in filmmaking or kind of seeing that track, it's all there too. It's cool. a lot of information. Well, I hope this is the first of many conversations we have. I, I love filmmaking. I really do appreciate the art of it. I know what to, it, it, it's not easy. Good Lord, much less doing what you've done. Now, now this documentary we've talked about this hour, I thank you for sharing that and all the success in the world. May it heal some hearts that are broken and, and, and you know bring healing to those who need it. Uh, and it's, of course, uh, anecdotalsmovie.com. We have it linked up at robertscottbell.com. God bless you, Jennifer Sharp. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And this was great. Remember, the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show.